Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me today as we dive into episode 67 and pray our way through Philippians 4, 15 through 18. But before we do that, let's open up with a bit of what we call worship prayer. This week, we have a new name for God. It's actually not a name, but I'll get to that later. If you were paying attention a week ago when I introduced the name Jehovah, you will have heard me mention the term Adonai. When the Jews declared the name Yahweh sacred and not to be spoken except by the high priest once a year, the name Adonai became used commonly in its place. So when reading scripture aloud and you'd be looking at your Bible and they would see the name Yahweh in the print, instead of Yahweh, they would say the name Adonai. So like Jehovah, Adonai means the Lord, but it has a sense of sovereignty and it can be translated as Lord Master. This word or similar ones are also used for humans. Sometimes the words like Yahweh is meant for God alone. That is his personal name. That's that's him alone. But Adonai is used occasionally in the Old Testament for people as well. So, for example, Sarah, when speaking of her husband, Abraham used the term Adonai, or David referring to Saul. In a human sense, it speaks of someone with leadership or authority over the one speaking. So really, Adonai is used as a description. It's used as a description of God or as a title of respect rather than an actual name in the proper sense. Most English Bibles translate Yahweh as Lord in all caps. And if the English is Lord using lowercase letters, whether it's referring to God or someone else, it's typically Adonai. So we have two verses today that we are going to look at with this one. Genesis 15.2 is the first place in scripture that this term shows up. So we're going to take that one and look at it. It says, but Abram said, O Lord God, What will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. One of the reasons I find this passage interesting is that he's asking God for something. He's saying, I I don't have an heir. I'm still childless. However, I'm using the term for you that means that you have authority over me. And so it's this request understanding the sovereignty of God. Joshua 3.11 says, Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. So let's pray those two verses. Father, we come to you today recognizing that you are our Lord, Lord God over the whole earth, sovereign over my life, over my desires, over my household, over my nation, over my country, over my town. You are sovereign. You are Lord God, Adonai. I recognize that today, and I honor you for the fact that that's who you are, and that my response needs to be worship, needs to be obedience, needs to be reverence and awe, fear of the Lord. I honor you today for that, Father. As we go on in this prayer time, I ask that you would guide our conversations, guide my thoughts, guide my words. I ask that you would change our hearts as we pray, that you would not just receive this as incense, as a gift, which you do, but that you would always also use it to work in our own hearts. Make us look more like Jesus. Amen. 
All right, y'all, that is, that's the worship portion of the day. (laughs) So let's get to the Philippians portion of the day. We're in chapter 4, 15 through 18, and Paul makes a point in these closing remarks to his letter as we finish this out this week to express his gratitude for the generosity of the Philippian church, and not just in this gift, but in their ongoing support of him in his ministry throughout the years. That does a few things. Now, he's just spent chapter 3 and 4, part of chapter 3 and 4, challenging the Philippian church in their faith walk telling them to resolve a major problem and exhorting them to maturity in a number of ways. So it's always helpful to cap off a lecture or a, I don't know what you want to call it. Lecture is not probably the right word, but to lecture off delivering that kind of message with something positive. And in this case, it was their generosity and their support. Also, remember what the book of Philippians is known for. Paul's expression of joy in all of his circumstances. We see where his joy lies in his description of their support and what he hopes for them. So let's read through this passage. It says, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. Let's pray through that passage. Father, I continue continue to be awed by Paul's expressions of joy in this book. In a situation, we think we're in a rough situation. Many of us are. But Paul... Paul was in a Roman prison, no way to support himself, no idea if he was going to be sentenced to death or allowed to live, and yet he is full of thanks and full of joy. I ask that you would build that into our lives as believers. We look different from the church because of our love, but also because of our joy in circumstances that don't match up with that joy. How can we be joyful when things are hard? How can we be joyful when things hurt? How can we be joyful when we don't understand what you are doing? Because like Paul, we are more concerned with our relationship with you than our relationship with our circumstances. And I ask that you would bring that to be truth in our lives today. I pray that we would understand the value, maybe not understand isn't the right word, that we would value the relationships with other believers and the web of our community of faith the way that Paul did. He's thanking the Philippian church for their support of him over the years. Help us to be supportive of those in your church body that need support. Help us to see today who we need to support. And I don't necessarily mean sending money. Sending money is awesome. Send all the money. (laughs) Help us know if we are supposed to send the money. But help us to see other small ways that we can help too. Help us to see ways that we can encourage. 
Paul is thanking the Philippian church for their encouragement and support over years of ministry. These are long-term relationships. Help us to build long-term relationships with those close and far away in the body of Christ so that we can support each other in our pursuit of our God-given. I wanted to say charge. I'm not sure that's really the right word, but we may not necessarily be missionary like Paul was, but each of us have work that you have asked us to do, and we each need encouragement from other believers, both near and far, to get that work done. We need support in different ways. Maybe we need financial support. Maybe we need prayer support. Maybe we just need an encouraging word. Maybe we need somebody to come alongside of us and say, wait a minute, that does not sound like what God has called you to do, or don't get so busy that you're missing what God has you to do. Help us develop those relationships in ways over years that are both deep and wide, that we have people who, like Paul, we can depend on to supply us with all we need, not just financially, not just with physical things, but also with encouragement and spiritual support and spiritual help. Lord, help us to be able to say, like Paul, I am well supplied. And look at you as the giver of all of those things, as the giver of the, not only our spiritual needs, but also our physical needs. Lord, help us also to be generous, like the Philippian church was generous. They sent Epaphroditus to Rome to supply Paul. They sacrificed on his behalf. Help us to know where to sacrifice on your behalf, where to, where to be generous, where we can spread the fragrance of your love across the miles with generosity of spirit and generosity of our finances and generosity of our time. Help us to know exactly today where you would have each one of us do that. Help us to let go and hold loosely all of the things that we think that we need, that we think that we must have, and instead have hands open to receive what you will give us and also to give what others need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much for joining me in prayer today. And if you are watching the broadcast on the Grace and the Gravel Road Facebook page and you found it helpful, I would love it if you would invite a friend to join us on Wednesday. We will be back here again on Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Central. If you're a podcast listener, subscribing to the show and sharing it with a friend will help more people to know about it and to be able to join us in prayer as well. Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace and the Gravel Road, bringing you truth, and tools to help you live the life that God wants of you. Now, my heart is, as we pray together, that we would all join in unity with one another for the things that we're asking about. But as we do that, that God would change our hearts, that we would become more and more like Christ each day. Know that He will answer these prayers in mighty ways. But most of all, my prayer is that you will fall deeper and deeper in love with the God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.